Stick this in your ear. The number one, the number one internet shock radio network. Shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. Renegade, Renegade Talk Radio. You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. As illustrated in RFK Jr.'s book, The Real Anthony Fauci, AIDS and AZT was Fauci's first official go at state-sponsored depopulation. Celia Farber writes that Peter Staley is the most iconic AIDS activist in the world, and that he was the guy who made AZT happen. The well-hyped media story goes something like this. Young gay activist Peter Staley came out as a homosexual in 1985 and inspired his older brother, Jess Staley, to join him in the fight against AIDS, which for them meant demanding more drugs, faster drugs, and cheaper drugs from Big Pharma. While posing as the voice of the downtrodden LGBTQ consumer, with the almighty support of the mainstream media behind them, the two brothers demanded that Big Pharma put speed ahead of safety and efficacy. This campaign directly resulted in the rapid FDA approval of AZT in 1989. Big profits were made, shortcuts were taken, and AZT killed thousands. Jess Staley worked for J.P. Morgan Chase and became a pioneer of woke LGBTQ banking. And after 30 years at J.P. Morgan and nine years as CEO of Barclays Bank in the U.K., he resigned last year after an investigation into his ties with Jeffrey Epstein was launched as part of a U.S. Virgin Islands lawsuit. According to the lawsuit, J.P. Morgan knowingly, negligently, and unlawfully provided and pulled the levers through which recruiters and victims were paid and was indispensable to the operation and concealment of the Epstein trafficking enterprise. Human trafficking was the principal business of the accounts Epstein maintained at J.P. Morgan. Jess Staley exchanged several hundreds of emails with Jeffrey Epstein, some of them coded like the infamous Pizzagate emails. Staley to Epstein, say hi to Snow White for me. Epstein to Staley, what character would you like next? Staley, Beauty and the Beast. Jess Staley is accused of forcibly and violently raping one of the victims and is said to have told her that Jeffrey Epstein authorized him to do whatever he wanted to her. Jess Staley was set to take over for Chase CEO Jamie Dimon, who some believe will be charged with criminal conspiracy for his service to Jeffrey Epstein's child sex trafficking operations. A New York federal judge threatened J.P. Morgan Chase with contempt of court if it does not speed up in producing evidence related to Jeffrey Epstein. Jamie Dimon is scheduled to be questioned under oath later this month on his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. Throwing gas on the fire, 19 Republican states just accused J.P. Morgan of closing bank accounts on political or religious grounds. 
In a letter to CEO Jamie Dimon, J.P. Morgan Bank is accused of canceling major organizations' checking accounts and then screening them with questions focused on religion and politics before reinstating them. The Federal Reserve Bank is not federal, and it holds no reserves. It is a private bank owned by its member banks, and overall owned by the same big banks deemed too big to fail, like J.P. Morgan Chase. So when the CBDCs come to supposedly save the day, remember that these banks are run by child rapists and human traffickers. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Folks, it all goes back to the banks, which is why Ron Paul always said essentially that ending the Fed would be cutting the head off of the snake. Hard to disagree. That is the latest from Greg Reese. Too big to fail. Banks now connected to Jeffrey Epstein child sex trafficking. We'll cover that and more on the other side. Stay with us, folks. Infowars.com, band.videos, where you go to share that powerful expose. It's Thursday, May 18th, Year of Our Lord, 2023. And you're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The American Journal. Harrison Smith here, Infowars.com, band.video. Like every day, we have a lot to cover as just the insanity ramps up across the board. We're not even in gay month yet, but boy, it's starting to feel like, it feels like every month is gay black history month, doesn't it? <laughs> these, these types of campaigns used to be confined to a month. <laughs> yeah. Whether it's Ford or Adidas or any other major multinational globo homo corporation, they're going all in on the corrupted rainbow we'll show you some of that you gotta you gotta wonder what all this is about well i think we'll answer what it's all about uh we have a lot to get to we're, we're gonna get to uh we're gonna be joined by a couple great guests mike shelby in the third hour and dan Dix in the second hour talking about local intelligence with uh mike shelby so we'll be opening up the phones for your calls in the very first hour to get to as many as possible before we welcome our guests. But let's begin today, as we do every day, with our Daily Dispatch. Here it is, folks, your Daily Dispatch for Thursday, the 18th of May, 2023. 60,000 pounds of explosive ammonium nitrate missing from a train in California. 60,000 pounds of ammonium, ammonium nitrate used as a fertilizer, but also when explosives are missing from a rail shipment that was due to arrive in California from Wyoming. The rail car, loaded with 30 tons of the chemical, left Cheyenne, Wyoming on April 12th. The car was found to be empty when it arrived two weeks later at a rail stop in the Mojave Desert, according to a short incident report from the explosives firm that made the shipment. The company, Dino Nobel, made the report on May 10th to the Federal National Response Center, or NRC. The report also appeared last week in an NRC database of California incidents managed by the State Office of Emergency Services. 
last Wednesday. Dino Nobel says it believes the material transported in pellet form in a covered hopper car similar to those to ship coal fell from the car on the way to a rail siding called Saltdale about 30 miles from the town of Mojave in eastern Kern County. Ammonium nitrate was the explosive in the massive bomb used in the Oklahoma uh, – well, this says terror attack. That's not right. Somebody from Breitbart needs to get their history right. I'm sorry. Uh, massive bomb used in the Oklahoma City uh, false flag government attack of 1995. It was also the substance that caused a deadly explosion in a warehouse in the port of Beirut, Lebanon, 20, in 2020. Foul play is not yet expected, but the loss of hazardous chemicals is just the latest rail problem in the last several months. In February, a train carrying toxic chemicals derailed in East Palestine, Ohio, eventually leading to a massive explosion that spread potentially hazardous material to the surrounding community. Don't worry, folks. Don't worry. The people at the head of the transportation system assure us they are going to get to the bottom of why there are so many white construction workers. CDC halts administration of J&J COVID vaccine in the United States and orders the remaining doses to be destroyed. Center for Disease and Control and Prevention has announced that the Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine is no longer available in the United States. All remaining doses of the vaccine expired last week, and the CDC has directed healthcare providers to dispose of any remaining doses they may have had. According to the CDC data, approximately 19 million people in the U.S. have received the J&J vaccine since its initial availability. However, more than 31.5 million doses were delivered to states and jurisdictions, leaving around 12.5 million doses unused. Unused but paid for by your tax dollars. Isn't that convenient? Oops, we ordered twice as many as we actually needed. Well, oh well. Bill is paid. We have the money. Just throw it in a ditch and cover up the horrific side effects that it caused when it actually did get delivered. Meanwhile, Ukraine, an American mercenary, has been killed. Death of American mercenary from Idaho confirms rumors that U.S. troops are engaged in a hot war in Ukraine against Russia. The death of an Idaho-based mercenary in Bakhmut seems to confirm rumors that that United States citizens have been actively engaging in a hot war against Russia on the eastern front of Ukraine. These rumors have spread like wildfire over the past several weeks following an intelligence leak last month alleging that Western troops were fighting on the ground in Ukraine. The Guardian reported that the leaked documents contained updates about military operations, logistics, weapons deliveries, and trainings of Ukrainian forces by the U.S. and NATO allies. In one section titled U.S.-NATO-SOF in UKR, the document appears to list a number of Western special forces present in Ukraine. The document appears to be dated February and March 2023. It had been previously reported that Americans were going to Ukraine to engage in training, but it now appears as though they've been actively engaging Russian forces in the city of Bakhmut. Confirming once and for all, we are in fact engaged in an unlawful and undeclared war against Russia. No debate in Congress and not even the you know, thin justification of some 20-year-old war on terror authorization for use of force. Nothing of the sort has even been floated when it comes to fighting Russia, and you would think that perhaps there'd be a bit more concern about sticking to strictures of our government and the letter of law when it comes to starting a third world war. But that's not the world we live in anymore. From The Guardian, up to 50 U.K. special forces present in Ukraine this year, U.S. leaks suggest. And this is, again, exactly how Vietnam started and spiraled out of control. 
But even then, you at least had the Congress voting on a declaration of war. What was the last declaration of war that Congress actually voted on and approved? Was it Iraq or Afghanistan? Be interesting to find out. You, you, you authorize a war against a Middle Eastern country 30 years ago, and now we're just – it's just – just send troops wherever you want for whatever purpose you want, just spending American lives and dollars for whatever your particular ends are without ever having to discuss or explain them to the peoples whose lives you are ending in their pursuit. Meanwhile, illegal alien charged with raping a teen girl released in U.S. by Biden's DHS. An illegal alien is accused of raping a teenage girl in Prattville, Alabama, after having been released into the United States at the southern border by President Joe Biden's Department of Homeland Security. Grevy Giovanni Rivera Zavala, the 29-year-old illegal alien from Honduras, was arrested and charged with the first-degree rape of a teenage girl last week, according to W. Uh, FSA 12 News, Zavala allegedly raped the girl in a woman's bathroom of a restaurant. Police allege that the illegal alien forced the girl into the bathroom stall, held her down, and it was a completely random attack. He should never have been in the country. And I would, I don't know, I think maybe there'd be some sort of process by which you would be able to hold to account the people that laid the groundwork for this crime to happen. Right? Kind of like if you are the driver in a bank robbery because you delivered the criminal and then took the criminal away after the crime, you're just as responsible for the crime as the person that holds the gun and collects the money. You'd think there'd be something similar to that when you have the Biden administration helping this criminal circumvent the law to get into the country. Then they carry him on a bus to the place where he commits this horrific crime and destroys forever i'm sure the mental health and well-being of this young woman you would think that the people responsible for facilitating this crime to happen would you know be held responsible in some part for the crime itself but i seriously doubt that is ever going to happen Just, just tack it on, I guess. Just add it to the list. Meanwhile, representing just a full-on collapse of morality itself, one-third of Canadians are fine with prescribing assisted suicide for homelessness. Roughly the same number told a poll they were fine with approving assisted suicide for someone whose affliction was poverty. Their only affliction was poverty. One-third of Canadians are apparently fine with prescribing assisted suicide for no other reason than the fact that the patient is poor or homeless. The results were contained in the recent research company polling probing showing just how comfortable Canadians were with the current state of the country's medical assistance and dying regime. So yeah, it has legalized assisted suicide. The dynamic duo is finally back in stock. I gotta say, Batman is the triiodine X3 and Robin is the ultimate krill oil. These two things together synergistically do things to your cells and your body and your heart and your lungs and your arteries and your veins and just everything. They are incredible. The triiodine is essential to live. The ultimate krill oil does amazing things to your brain, your whole body. I love the dreams it gives me, but I take a couple capsules before I go to bed. 
These are amazing products. They're both back in stock. One is 40% off. The other is 25% off. You need to experience X3 finally back in stock, sold out for more than six months at InfoWarsTore.com, and I would particularly advise you to experience it with the Ultimate Krill Oil. These things together are amazing. They are synergistic. X3, Ultimate Krill Oil, back in stock, InfoWarsTore.com. Just weeks ago, I warned the world that the globalists were going to move against Tucker Carlson and take him off the air. People said, no way, he's the most popular ever happened. They've got quadrillions in stolen money. They only had Tucker Carlson on the air because they believe they could control him. But as soon as they figured out they couldn't, he was taken off the air. It's the same thing with InfoWars. But InfoWars is not owned by Fox or controlled by George Soros or owned by Spotify like Joe Rogan. We are only beholden to our viewers and our listeners. And when you support us, we're unstoppable. I'm not underwritten by Rupert Murdoch or by George Soros. I'm underwritten by you which is we the people. So I want to thank you for your support and encourage viewers and listeners to understand. Please don't take InfoWars for granted. We're barely hanging on. We need your word of mouth, your prayer, and your financial support while getting great products at the same time at InfoWarsTore.com. So don't procrastinate. Go to InfoWarsTore.com, get amazing products that keep us on the air, and never submit to these tyrants. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are opening up the phone lines right off the jump this morning. 1-877-789-2539. That's 1-877-789-2539. We'll be taking your calls throughout this first hour before we welcome uh, Dan Dix, who is a journalist in Lisbon, Portugal, covering Bilderberg right now. And we'll talk quite a bit about that globalist coagulation i don't know what you, what you call meeting coming together i think something that more describes the behavior of ooze is appropriate i'm going to call it a coagulation and then we'll be joined by mike shelby in the third hour of gray zone research talk about his new book that helps to identify well helps to educate americans on how to identify threats in their neighborhood very interesting stuff Excited to talk to both those guys, but excited to talk to you as well. So give us a call, 1-877-789-2539. Now, we have a couple videos I want to play here of basically just people explaining what's going on in this country. Glenn Greenwald and Greg Gutfeld. We'll go to clip number 10 first. This is Glenn Greenwald trying to get across to Americans just what the implications of Durham's report truly are, what the revelations contained therein reveal about the downfall of our once great country. Let's go now to Glenn Greenwald. The most dangerous development of all in the United States is that the intelligence agencies, the security state, is fully liberated, out in the open, not only to place their senior operatives at our major media outlets, as they have done, but to use their investigative powers and their intelligence and surveillance mechanisms to manipulate our politics, to control the outcome of our elections, to destroy any political leader 
that gets in their way. The interview I've shown you many times of Chuck Schumer, the Democratic majority leader in the Senate, telling Rachel Maddow that Trump was being stupid for confronting and criticizing the intelligence community because, as he put it, everyone in Washington knows not to do that because they have six different ways to Sunday to get back at you, is really a perfect reflection of the despotic climate that has arisen in the United States. If our intelligence agencies vested with billions and billions of dollars of budget and the most invasive spying technologies and the most aggressive law enforcement authorities are now in the business of controlling the flow of information in the United States, of censoring the information that flows on social media, which we know they did from the Twitter files, and of deciding which candidate they want to win and which candidate they want to lose, and then abusing those powers to ensure that that outcome is the one that happens, we really are a democracy in name only. That is the definition of a deep state, a permanent power faction that operates in the dark and with no constraints, and that has no constraints of any kind on their power. That is absolutely the reality in the United States. Anybody who denies it is inherently a disinformation agent, and I think there is no greater danger to all of our interests, to our core political values than the abuse of the U.S. security state's powers as revealed by multiple investigations now culminating with this 306-page report. I think he lays it out pretty well there. I mean there is no overstating the danger that this new normal represents if they're allowed to get away with it. If nothing comes from this, the only thing that happens from this is Adam Schiff gets impeached. I mean, we can just we can just give it up as a country. We can just stop paying attention to all this stuff. We can just you know, it's like you think the prisoners really care about the the political inter office politics of the management of the prison. It doesn't matter to them. They're in prison. What do they care? Oh, there's a there's a new warden in charge. So what? I'm still subsisting off bread and grade f meat and i get an hour in the yard every day now i mean why would i care nothing the prisoners don't get to vote on who's in charge right so you know if if we just want to live in a prison if we just want to be subject to the whims of unelected legacy spies then i guess we just do nothing in response to this greg gutfield also laid this out fairly perfectly let's go down to clip number 11 you have people saying that the country will not survive trump then your moral duty is to cheat right and you should cheat it like if somebody is telling everybody that this person is a modern day hitler it is your duty to do whatever is possible to stop him in fact if you actually play by the rules you're a traitor right so the they created a devil that was so big and so vast, it made all actions permissible. And it made every institution, as, as the judge was saying, subject to suspicion, right? So you can bury stories, you can create hoaxes, you can fund smears. It can go anywhere because this person must be stopped. It's Hitler, an existential threat. And so what happens is now we're left and none of it's true. 
And so we had a half a decade hoax that infected and undermined every institution because we were made to believe this person is evil. And then people make fun of people who are skeptical about an election. Why shouldn't they be skeptical about an election when the DOJ and the FBI and the, and the mainstream media and the tech companies and the Chamber of Commerce are all in on the same thing? Uh, why shouldn't the election be called into question, right? Shouldn't a hero try to fix the election, right? Shouldn't a hero do that? If you're up against Hitler, that's where we ended up. And you can't go and condemn people for so-called conspiracy theories when you were going around telling everybody this guy was worse than Hitler. No, and if you listen to... And he's exactly right. And it's something that we've pointed out before here. I've used the metaphor of like if you're kidnapped by somebody and you're chained in their basement, like you're allowed to do whatever the hell you want to try to get out. You're the, you're the victim there. They're the bad guy. They are pure evil and they're going to kill you. So if you need to lie or cheat or do violence like everything's on the table you can't be blamed for no one's gonna go well i mean i understand he had you chained to a radiator in a basement but did you have to poke him in the eye like no one's gonna care no one's gonna care you can throw acid on his face it doesn't matter you all bets are off no holds barred at that point the problem is of course that nobody's chaining these people in their basement donald trump's not hitler and of course you can extrapolate this out expand it out to the Various other aspects of politics and life where this exact same pattern is being carried out, whether it's with white supremacy, right? White supremacy, biggest threat ever, totally fake. But hey, now they're setting up the paradigm where if you aren't on board with eradicating white people, well, now now you're going to be in trouble. And if they have to falsify things to justify their claims of White supremacy, well, they'll do it, and they're able to do it and justified in doing it in their minds because of the boogeyman that they've created from whole cloth. COVID's the exact same thing. It's, a, it's an existential threat. It's, it's a worldwide pandemic. There's no time to be concerned about rule of law or proper procedure. It's an emergency. It's the same playbook over and over, using people's panics to abuse them. Turbo forces back sold out for eight months and it's turbo force plus we made it even stronger the strongest long-term energy you're going to find anywhere turbo force is back in stock at infowarsstore.com or triple a two five three three one three nine it's not just wide spectrum nash natural herbs that time release over 10 hours should be called 10 hour energy it has a bunch of vitamins and minerals and a bunch of other key things and amino acids that turbocharge everything and are good for your heart, your brain, your liver, you name it. Uh, it, it, it is the super fuel. Brainforce Plus is great. Brainforce Ultra is great. They're two different nootropics. They go good with this. But this is the King Kong. This is the boss. Turboforce, back in stock, discounted. Infowarsstore.com. More power, more strength, more energy. Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We'll go out to your phone calls shortly. 
point out, I, I had totally missed this irony. It was Benny Johnson that pointed out on Twitter. But it is, it is pretty amazing. So you've got a couple instances of outrage taking place. You have the Trump-CNN town hall where he absolutely dominated that poor young woman who was assigned to interview him and moderate the town hall. She, of course, is now being propped up and celebrated and, and given a primetime spot on CNN as their newest star. And then simultaneous to that, you have Elon Musk coming under just massive concerted fire from the mainstream media and the ADL and various other organizations. I'm talking about George Soros saying that he was comparing him to a, a supervillain. What do these two things have to do with each other? Well, that woman who is now the, the liberal hero for standing up to Donald Trump uh, once reported on Fox News about one George Soros. Let's go now to clip number six. Here is the woman that CNN promoted after her town hall with Donald Trump on the very same day that Elon Musk was called an anti-Semite and told that he should just shut up for daring to question George Soros and even call him a supervillain. How dare he? Well, here's the, the hero of the left, uh, whatever her name is. Do with the immigration crisis. Good morning. Okay, so George Soros is this foreign-born left-wing guy who essentially wants to change the nature of our country. And in this data dump, one of the memos was about the refugee crisis, and they made three points. They think that they've been successful at influencing immigration policy across the world. They think that the refugee crisis is an opportunity to continue doing so, and they think the refugee crisis is the new normal. And George Soros is this guy who is a staunch advocate for open borders. He wants people to be able to go wherever they want, whenever they want, for whatever reason. And for him, he sees this immigration policy, this crisis, as a vehicle to further his immigration agenda. Wow. Can't believe it. There's that woman blaming the Jews for the immigration crisis. Vicious anti-Semite. But it's okay. It's fine. It's fine. She's She's made contrition. Now she's decided that she no longer believes the things that she used to say on camera at Fox. Now she's over at CNN. She's reading off that teleprompter. That's what she believes now. It's just a, it's just a delicious irony, one of many that we experience on a daily basis in this country. Where certain people get to say certain things and other people don't. It's just, you know, just depends. It just depends on who you are, who you're useful to how they can use you for their own ends. It's all that really matters. Let's go out to your uh, phone calls now. Sean in California, you want to talk about what to do about all of the election interference. Thanks for calling in, Sean. You're on the air. Hey, good morning, Harrison. I'm coming in clear as always, right? Yes, sir. Awesome. Well, while I'm commuting here and listening to you, I'm thinking of myself, you know, Schumer and Adam Schiff and all these guys uh, doing their uh, gimmick with the Russian collusion and the continued lies about Russia, wouldn't that be a form of election interference that caused harm to we the people? And uh, I'd say that to say this, with what I've looked at so far with the recent uh, 
Axon Enterprise versus FTC ruling by the Supreme Court, now that it's ruled that people must have access to common law uh, courts, equity courts, and statutory courts, I am sure that we, whether as assemblies, as you know, I like to talk about, or as individuals, can all find remedy in one of those three styles of uh, court dockets. The trick we'll have to do is have people not do class actions, do them individually or do them in your assembly. Because if it's a class action, it wiped out in one sweep. So they lawfare us, we got to lawfare them back. What do you think? Uh, I think it's a good idea. What would be the first step in that for someone who wanted to take part in this? Well, me, I'm going to direct people to national-assembly.net so we can form our uh, common law grand juries, which will issue the indictments, our presentments, you know, what your DA is up to. But other folks could probably do an individual suit, I would imagine, Let's see here. If someone's lying and it's canceling out your vote, we need to look up the uh, have someone look up the clauses for election interference and also uh, tampering with election results. And uh, we could look at that for both 2020 and 2018 elections, uh, because if I remember the Mueller report stuff, they messed around with that right before the so-called blue wave. And that affected uh, some of the outcomes and that uh, set of congressional races in the 2018 midterms. So, yep. No, it's, it. it's all manipulation. It's all deceit, and it has had devastating impacts to our electoral outcome. Thanks so much for the call, Sean. Very good idea. Let's go to Joe in Jersey, uh, since we're on the topic of uh, George Soros. Go ahead, Joe. What do you got for us? Hey, Harrison. Um, one thing about George Soros that I never really see brought up, and it's like it's so funny to me. Because, oh, you talk bad about George Soros, that means you hate Jews. Well, George Soros has been on record multiple times saying that he doesn't believe in God. So how is he a Jew when he is proud about saying that he doesn't believe in God? And I brought this question up to ChatGPT. I've been messing around with the ChatGPT just for sort of like neutral things. But it's funny, when you get into politics with it, you see its true colors. I was like, Chat, why does George Soros be called a, a Jew? when he says that he doesn't believe in God and is on record saying it multiple times. And funny enough, at first the chat agreed with me, and it was like, um, yes, George Soros has been on record saying that he does not believe in God, but that does not believe that, that, that does not mean he's not Jewish. And it goes to saying, it's like being a Jew has more to do with just religion. It has to do with culture and ethnicity and yada yada. So I'm just sitting there, and the chat is literally gaslighting me, and like changing the definition of what it means to practice a religion. So can it change the meaning of what it means to be a Christian? Can it change the meaning of what it means to be a Muslim? It doesn't mean just believing in God, right? There's a bunch of cultural aspects to it. It just, like, kind of shocked me. And But it brings me back to my first point about Soros. It's like, why do we, like, kowtow to this thing of George Soros is Jewish, and you're an anti-Semite if you say anything bad about George Soros, but he's, he's not Jewish. He doesn't believe in God. He's an atheist. Well, so wouldn't that just mean that uh, Judaism is a race, not a religion? Yeah, I guess so. so. But what skin color is a Jew? You know, I thought race was a skin color. Yes, it's all all very confusing and and, uh, very useful to be a a religion – when you want to be a religion in a race, when it's beneficial to be a race, it's uh, it's all it's all very uh, vague out there, Joe. It's dude, it, and it decides like what, yeah, exactly what you just said. Convenience. So yeah. it, nothing means anything anymore. Words don't mean anything anymore. 
words can change uh, as the wind blows. But what won't change is that uh, George Soros is a demon. Do you want to hear my George Soros impression before you uh, sure. go on to the next caller? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually pretty accurate. It's actually not bad. It's actually not bad at all, Joe. Th- thank you for the call. Uh, again, you know, you got to just wonder, like, like why all these people are the way they are. Like, wh- why, why do they all look like Bond villains? Why do they all sound like Bond villains? Like, why do all the evil people just sound as evil as they are? Klaus Schwab just like, we are remaking the world in my image. Oh, sorry, that was my Kissinger. Sorry, they all sound the same. Sorry, they all sound exactly the same. Even Zelensky, we always pointed out, they're like, when he talks, he's like, uh, thank you for coming to me. I'm the president of Ukraine. It's like, who voted for this guy? Like, what is this? At least when you had like Obama, it was like a handsome, well-spoken, sort of youthful, kind of kind of cool guy. Like, you at least could look at him and go, oh, yeah, I, I, I can have a beer with that guy or whatever. It's like, you know, it was like some pretty lady doing it. You'd like be a little less, but it's just all these old, like, the emperor from Star Wars. And he was like, uh. Ladies and gentlemen, the truth, the solution is laying right there in front of you, hidden in plain view. Please listen to me in the next 60 seconds. If you go to Wikipedia, it has links to the UN Zone website where they admit the number one cause of cognitive disability in the world is iodine deficiency. The number one preventable cause of intellectual disability is lack of real pure iodine in the body as they bomb us with the bad halogens, bromide, bromide, chlorine, and so much more. Upwards of 2 billion people in a Lancet Medical Journal study in 2007, worldwide have cognitive disabilities because they don't have high-quality iodine. Most iodine is bound to other elements. You don't absorb it. We have X3, all three types of the good iodine together that supercharges your body. X3 is now back in stock at InfoWarsTore.com. It's being sold out for over six months for 25% off. X3, back in stock. Take action now. InfoWarsTore.com. Our world is so full of hype. We are force-fed, dehumanizing propaganda by the corporate media, by the controlled churches and the universities. And why is this the case? Because we innately, by God, have been given the keys to our own minds, our own psyches, our own souls. And by connecting to God, we can empower ourselves and transcend the, quote, fallen or sinful state. So the chemicals that we ingest and, and all the things that we try to bring into our bodies to, to, to change who we are are only lowering us. They're only making us more depressed. In the end, they're only making us less fulfilled. It is only by going within and really making that connection to God that we can truly empower ourselves. That's why the globalists bombard us with toxins and chemicals to block us getting the normal vitamins and minerals and trace elements. Our bodies need to be healthy and to be able to basically reach out beyond the third dimension. And that's where the incredible products come in at InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Out to your phone calls once again. There's still some open lines if you want to call. The number to dial is 1-877-789-2539. We'll be joined by Dan Dix, who's reporting live from Portugal, where the Bilderberg meeting is taking place as we speak. 
what he's discovering there. And Mike Shelby in the third hour from Gray Zone Research, GrayZoneActivity.com, talking about local intelligence gathering. Very, very interesting and useful topic of conversation. Remember, you support everything that we do here by going to InfoWarsStore.com. Go now to InfoWarsStore.com. You get Survival Shield X3. It's back in stock and 25% off the power of activated triiodine. Now, we want to make sure that all Info Warriors can experience the next evolution in an activated nascent iodine with a massive sale on Survival Shield X3. And for a very limited time, you're getting X3 for 25% off. It's probably not going to last that much longer. It's been a little while that it's been on this discount. So, you know, we can only keep it up for as long as we have the products in store. Now, Survival Shield X3 is derived from ancient sea salts deep, deep beneath the surface, and it uses a newly discovered process to stabilize the nascent iodine in an activated triiodine form to bring nascent iodine amplitude off the charts. Just like Survival Shield X2, the Survival Shield X3 formula was manufactured in a state-licensed facility using powerful ingredients to bring you the most powerful and affordable nascent iodine formula around. And with the incredible triiodine form, Survival Shield X3 can help your thyroid and help you help with a healthy metabolism to assist your overall well-being. A new version of the fan-favorite formula, Survival Shield X3 is an improvement on the old nascent iodine system. There's no better time than now to go and get your improved nascent iodine formula, Survival Shield X3, at 25% off. And it's that one-ounce bottle. But again, the this serving size of this is so small because the iodine is actually so powerful. You only need a drop or two to you know, actually get a full dose of it. So these little bottles, even though they're small – 90 servings in that one little bottle. So if you take it every day, it's like three months worth of iodine in that one little bottle, and it's now 25% off. What more reason do you need other than it's a powerful product, there's tons of it, and you support the Info Warrior, the Info War mission to save humanity from the machinations of these evil dirtbags now gathering in Lisbon to plot our downfall. Infowarsstore.com. Let's go now out to your phone calls once again. John in Ontario has called in about what will happen next and about Marjorie Taylor Greene's announcement. Marjorie Taylor Greene has filed impeachment proceedings against both Mayorkas and Merrick Garland, which is, again, a very good start. I said it yesterday. It's like, it's like uh, you know somebody working at a sandwich shop lacing the sandwiches with cyanide killing 30 people and everybody going you know he sh- he should really be fired he should really be fired from that place it's a start it's a start but these crimes are massive so they need to be treated as massive crimes so first get them out of office then subject them to the punishment as denoted by law uh, john in ontario what's your opinion on this what is going to happen next well i mean so much to talk about harrison um, next, what's going to happen, it's, it always starts small. Things always start small when they get big. And we're, we're moving, I think, you know, people have uh, postulated about this idea of a new pandemic, a new lockdown, that sort of thing. I don't think it's going that way. I think the signs are obvious. I think what they're talking about in Bilderberg right now is economics and what's going to happen with the economy. And, you know, they've been trying to destroy Western economy for a long time in a controlled way, in a way to enslave, in a way to bring people into bondage. And it looks like the next step is it, that's what they want. They're, they're feral after it. They're praying for it to their own God. So we're looking at something economic that's 
It's going to start small and cause this catastrophic uh, event, mm-hmm. and that and that of course will lead us into our you know our, our next evolution, as as they call it. You know, their their next step for us. Yeah, the, 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 MTG, the CB the CBDCs. I mean, it's the ultimate. Uh, control grid and and we've said for a long time i mean the the great reset is all about creating a neo-feudal order and the way that that order will be maintained is through debt right you'll have a you'll you'll never actually own anything as they say you'll never own anything everything you have will be borrowed and you'll have to pay it back later but you'll never actually pay it back you'll just you'll start in debt and you'll die in debt your whole life will be like a mouse running on a wheel not getting anywhere trying to uh just pay off the debt that you've accrued simply by existing so yeah it's it's like a debt limiter that keeps people from moving up and then so then you know if you appease the people at the top they may raise your your debt ceiling as they're talking about doing with the government right now and allow you up to that next level of uh income but it won't ever actually be income it's the paradigm of the company store where everything you buy is actually just adding you know interest to the debt that you already owe so yeah it's it's i mean the economics is the control mechanism now it is the evolution of ch- of chains of slavery they're not chains anymore it'll be a credit card and a, a you know chip in your hand connected to the uh, bank database yeah that's exactly right john yeah the chains of the mind and 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 you know they're conv- trying to convince us with these psychological stuff saying, oh, we're too irresponsible. And that's what the WEF is all about. It's about corporate responsibility and this sharing of responsibility and, and that we all are in debt. We're all just unable to make this system work. And so we need a new system where nobody has responsibility and therefore nobody owns anything. And that's that's their whole push. And, and that is flying in the face of what we're trying to do, which is move forward uh, and stuff like as simple as the iodine or as complex as, you know, laying out articles of impeachment uh, for a sitting president. It's all part of this war we're in, this red rover, where we're just, you know, our arms are almost falling off at this point. And I think that, you know, we can look forward to something good, ultimately, even though we're going to go through something hard. Yeah, absolutely. And, and of course, it's it has a lot to do with just getting back to basics of like, what is the point of all of this? Like what what is freedom at the end of the day? I was thinking about this yesterday just because, you know, we have different definitions of freedom now, I think, depending on who you are. See, we see freedom as like self-sufficiency of uh, self-reliability where like, you know, freedom is a obligation. You have to live up to your freedom. You have to use it in a positive and, and beneficial and a way that, that brings prosperity or else, you know, you, you have to go away. You have to go away. I mean, that, that's what America used to be, right? We had so many immigrants from places like Italy because these people would cross the ocean with nothing. And then they were here and there was no help for them. So they had to contribute. They had to be productive members of society. They had to build the society they were moving into. Now we have the welfare system where nobody has to build anything. And uh, so, you know, for the left, freedom is just like you get to do drugs and like have lots of consequence-free sex and kill your baby if you accidentally get pregnant. Like that to them is like freedom. If they're not free to sin, they don't feel free. They can be living in a, you know, in a box with a bunk bed with 12 other people eating bugs that's doled out to them by the government. They think they're free because, you know, nobody's telling them not to, I don't know, mutilate themselves. 
that's what they see as freedom. Like it really is about the basic foundational definition of words like freedom and justice uh, that that we seem to be completely at odds with uh, our fellow Americans about. So, you know, we have to get back to the basics. We have to understand what it is we're actually – we have to define what it is we're fighting for or else, you know, these people who are – I mean they think they're free but they're just slaves to their sin. Once you understand that dynamic, it becomes clear what freedom really is. Let's go – thank you so much for the call, John. That was excellent. Let's go to um, – oh, the person I wanted to go to just dropped I guess. So uh, no offense. Let's go to Dave in Ohio. You want to talk about uh, Mueller report. Uh, go ahead, Dave. You're on the air. Yes, Harrison. Hi. Um, I want to tell you you're my favorite host. Um, congratulations again on your child. Um, I have three children, three grandchildren. Um, I turn 62 next year. Uh, the Mueller report I have a few problems with. First of all, um, we all knew what they were going to find, okay? And if you bring it up to a Democrat, just like just like Alex said, they're going to deny, and then they're going to insult you, mm. okay? Um, now I'm going to move on to prepping. I'm going to tell you what. I started prepping in 95, 1995, and uh, the problem was then is I didn't know what I was doing. I, I stored all canned and boxed goods. And uh, they've either been eaten or thrown out. Um, but so what, what have you learned you since then? We're, we're coming up to a break here, Dave. Yep. Go ahead. What 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 have you learned since then about prepping? Oh my gosh! You, you, well, you guys were selling uh, storable food now, and I, I have about twenty twenty five years worth of food for. Me and my wife right, and my Stay, stay on line there, time. Dave. We're going to start the second hour of American Journal on the other side. We'll go back to Dave and more of your phone calls. Stay with us. Just weeks ago, I warned the world that the globalists were going to move against Tucker Carlson and take him off the air. People said, no way. He's the most popular ever happened. They've got quadrillions in stolen money. They only had Tucker Carlson on the air because they believe they could control him. But as soon as they figured out they couldn't, he was taken off the air. It's the same thing with InfoWars. But InfoWars is not owned by Fox or controlled by George Soros or owned by Spotify like Joe Rogan. We are only beholden to our viewers and our listeners. And when you support us, we're unstoppable. I'm not underwritten by Rupert Murdoch or by George Soros. I'm underwritten by you, which is we the people. So I want to thank you for your support and encourage viewers and listeners to understand. Please don't take InfoWars for granted. We're barely hanging on. We need your word of mouth, your prayer, and your financial support while getting great products at the same time at InfoWarsTore.com. So don't procrastinate. Go to InfoWarsTore.com, get amazing products that keep us on the air, and never submit to these tyrants. It's the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. back, folks. Second hour of American Journal has begun. We are connecting with Dan Dix, independent journalist who is on the ground in Lisbon, Portugal at the Bilderberg meeting. We'll finish up with some phone calls here while we get connected to him. Dave in Ohio, you were talking about prepping and we got cut off by the commercial. Uh, so yes, you can get some storable food at InfoWarsStore.com. Uh, if you can tell one people about what they need to know about 
prepping, what would it be, Dave? Uh, store as much as you can. Like, like I said, um, I, I have about 20 to 25 years worth of food right now um, for me and my wife and my 39-year-old son. Um, I'm putting in my first garden in probably 20 years, and uh, I'm I'm just ready to go. I bought a, a, a I, I I own two chest freezers. I own two refrigerator freezers, and I have three pantries now. I I got food everywhere. I'm I'm ready to go, dude. I I don't need money. I'm I'm ready to retire. Um, I think my wife's gonna retire at the end of this summer. Um, uh, it life's getting good. Um, although my son's in the hospital that lives with us, but uh, with he he has seizures and I couldn't get him CBD oil quick enough. So, mm. um, I, yeah, I I, I don't I, he's okay. He he'll, he'll survive, but um. And he'll be back. Well, it, it sounds like you're you're uh, ready for anything, Dave. And I mean, we all really should be. And again, you know, it's not it's not that you're prepping for just the fall of civilization and nothing else. I mean, you know, everything is so sort of tenuous at this point that. And as actually a previous caller pointed out, I mean, the next thing to happen will be an economic false flag of some sort. That's what they've been lining up for a while. And this is the way they do things, right? They need to spread the message to all of their minions, right? So they'll come out and they'll talk about cyber attack, cyber attack, cyber attack, cyber crisis. This is going to happen. They're going to crash the economy and they, they like get everybody on board with it, make sure everybody is aligned with what you do once the, the thing starts. Here's how we're all going to react. And so everybody sort of on our side of things looks at it and goes, oh, look, this is what they're getting ready for. And then they let it go quiet. Then they let it simmer down. Then they take a couple months or maybe even a year or so, sort of let everybody forget that they were talking about that. And then they launch the actual attack. All of the prep work they'd done months ago is is ready to go, and yet over those months, those of us who are the watchdogs have sort of turned our eye away from that because they aren't talking about it as much anymore. So they've already done the prep work. They've already laid the groundwork for how the economic collapse will benefit them, and they'll use it to consolidate power once again. They already did that months ago. Now we're just waiting for the uh, shoe to drop. So I think it's a good thing to be prepared with guns, ammo, food, and everything else that you need uh, because we are rapidly descending into a South Africanization, you might say. Thanks for that call, Dave. Uh, we're going to – I don't know if we're going to have time for more phone calls because we are about to welcome Dan Dix. I do want to remind you to once again go to InfoWarsStore.com. Please do support us. It's the best way to support us. the only way to support us really, going to InfoWarsStore.com. And, of course, you can go and uh, find the stories that we cover every day here on American Journal on my Substack, HarrisonLSmith.Substack.com. And we also just confirmed that I will be in Nashville, Tennessee for the Rebels for a Cause event. I know uh, Owen has been – signed up to speak there for a while he's like that he's like the headliner of the event but it's going to be a a true info wars summit with myself and owen schroyer and matt baker and uh frank kavanaugh is not going to make it but uh he was originally a part of uh this organization but jay dyer is going to be there and so many others and if you want to come see us and hang out then you've got to get tickets now for the Rebels for a Cause event, and you can go to my Twitter to see it. It's causefest.ticketspice.com. If you use the promo code Harrison, you get a discount. So use the promo code Harrison, buy tickets now, see you in Nashville, and I think we'll have a wonderful time. It's great. It's 
we're done just like complaining about stuff. We're starting to build alternative networks. We're starting to create the art and culture that's necessary for a movement to thrive. And I'm just very excited to be a part of that along with Owen Schroyer. So, uh, so it's Rebel, Rebel. You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are in the second hour of The American Journal on this Thursday, May 18th, 2023 broadcast. Joined now live by Dan Dix. He's an investigative journalist and award-winning documentary filmmaker. He's also the founder of an independent media outlet known as Press for Truth, which produces videos and documentary films about issues that the mainstream media often fails to report on. Uh, more like avoids like the plague, the truth about who really runs our world. He can be found on Twitter at DanDixPFT. The website is PressForTruth.tv. He's also on Rumble at Press. For truth, and he's there in Lisbon, Portugal, now reporting live on the ground at the Bilderberg Conference. Thank you so much for joining us, Mr. Dix. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, our pleasure. I, I wish I could be there uh, with you, sort of confronting in a peaceful manner these uh, Bilderberg attendees. Let's just give us the rundown. What is Bilderberg this year? Uh, like, wh- why do you think it's important to be on the ground there at Bilderberg? Well, this just so happens to be uh, some of the world's most powerful and influential people, uh, a group that's comprised of approximately 120 to 130 people on average. Uh, We're talking prime ministers and and presidents and royalty, uh, heads of military, media men, uh, military men. As I said, some of the world's most influential and powerful people. And they're quite literally meeting in secret behind closed doors discussing the very fate of the world. So, you know, I, I've, I've been covering this for, for 17 years now. My first one was in 2006. And I think it's of the utmost importance to shine a bright light on the deeds that are done in the dark. Um, you know, when we have these type of people meeting, I think there needs to be more questions as to, you know, who is involved. And that's some of the reasons why I often come, because in my experience of covering this, I've noticed that um, there's often discrepancies within the official participants Mm. list and unless you're actually here on the grounds documenting who's actually coming into attendance you'll never know about these particular discrepancies and then once you find out some of these people who are there you can get a better idea of some of the topics and some of the agendas that are truly on the table so that's why i think it's important for independent media and uh, anyone for that matter to cover uh bilderberg and that's why i made out the trip all the way out here to uh lisbon portugal um as you can see right now behind me, we're in like a VIP area of the airport. Uh, I was down earlier, but there's not such a great connection here. But here, I think, is where we're going to see a lot of the more kind of high profile uh, Bilderberg members um, making their getaway into their car. So hopefully we're going to uh, be able to uh, get some solid questions in with some of them here today. You know, you almost have to wonder how many meetings do these people need to have I mean, they have the world economic forum they have the global government summit they have just meeting after meeting and this is sort of the oldest and uh th- and there's been an interesting evolution over the years it used to be and you can still find archived you know articles where they say the bilderberg meeting never happens it doesn't exist it's a total conspiracy theory they've been outed and now they take the tack of oh no we're totally it's totally open totally good here's our agenda here's our list of attendees there's nothing nefarious going on 
I mean, what does that reflect, do you think, this transformation that the Bilderberg Group has undergone from a totally secret and and undercover and denied thing that's happening to something where they now publish their agenda and their talking points and their their list? I mean, what what brought about that transformation to you? Well, I think it's a great deal of the pressure that we've been putting on uh, this group. In fact, um, based on my coverage of the 2012 meeting in Chantilly, Virginia, I made a full feature-length documentary film about the Bilderberg Group, and it was called The Turning Point. And the reason why I called that film The Turning Point is because it seemed like that was around the time that marked a new kind of time for Bilderberg, um, because at that particular meeting, there were probably two to three dozen independent media reporters there. And I remember thinking, wow, this is a whole new time uh, for Bilderberg. So, you know, we've, we, we've, we've learned some... Uh, tricks of the trade, if you will, from the late, great uh, Jim Tucker, uh, you know, who would often have kind of, you know, uh, pe- people on the inside, you know, leaking information. Mm-hmm. And now, as we said, we, 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 like you said, it's gotten to the point where they quite literally have to put this out uh, on purpose. It's almost like uh, hiding in plain sight where right. they don't want to, you know, say, hey, we're not hiding anything. Look, here's our here's our message. Here's what we're saying. Here's what we're doing. But I actually think we forced that upon them. They've been meeting since, uh, you know, 1954, and uh, it's only within the last few years that they started talking about the fact that this is happening. And I really do think that's largely because of the the bright lights of publicity that we've been shining on this group, because they've remained in the shadows for so many years. Uh, that's just simply not a thing anymore. Now, it, it, this particular one was very difficult to get to. As you can see, there's about four other people here covering this with me uh it was announced very very last minute and uh you know so a lot of people probably weren't making uh, willing to make the trip but our sources were correct um that this is indeed the location here in lisbon portugal so i i i'm i'm thankful for that because i just went ahead and booked some tickets you know hoping my source was correct right. and uh, sure enough he was and this is where it's happening so yeah, it no, all worked out. I, I think you're exactly right. I mean, I, I completely agree. I think by sh- shining light on these people, it, it became ridiculous for them to try to claim that it wasn't happening. So they had to change their tactics. They had to move with the times, and they understood, okay, it's not just the mainstream media out there with our puppeted sources willing to deny our existence. Now you've got independent people like Alex Jones and Dan Dix out here you know, capturing them on film going in. They can't exactly say, I wasn't there their images on film what are they going to say someone said they have to say no no yeah we are we all the elite of the world are meeting in secret to uh, plot world domination but we're doing it because we love you we're doing it because we care so much what is the security system like there i mean how protected are these people we know from the world economic forum i mean they've got just elaborate security apparatus just surrounding them keeping the the public out are you experiencing that in in lisbon today Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The uh, police presence around the hotel was quite significant. Uh, For the first time, I saw them uh, doing a a bomb sweep. They had a number of bomb sniffing dogs and they went around the entire perimeter, uh, sniffing essentially every single thing that came, you know, that they came across. Um, They had the entire thing uh, shut down and a giant wall around the hotel, actually. It's like an impenetrable fortress right now. And a lot of people don't realize that the costs, are often actually put on the taxpayer of the town where the Bilderberg is actually meeting. Because we have local police 
local police here in uh, in Lisbon, Portugal, who are working, you know, uh, you know, twenty four seven for the next four nights, and that's on the uh, the taxpayers' dollar here in Lisbon. So it is a pretty uh, pretty extreme um, uh, police presence and and uh, security presence for these guys, and you know. That, that 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 actually says a lot too that they have to uh be hiding to that degree you know what i mean so yeah the uh the the, the police presence is is significant here and it makes it rather rather difficult to get in now, as i understand it though there was um one of the members he's on a steering uh steering committee i think he might be the ceo of palantar i think his name is carp mm-hmm. uh Cal- he yeah, palantir yeah he- alex carp yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he's he's been donating to the Bilderberg Group this year. Uh, some uh, some years he's donated five hundred thousand, some years eight hundred thousand. Basically, he's you know footing some of the bill for uh, for their personal security and food and things of that nature. But it's basically on the taxpayer when it comes to the Lisbon police and whatever other police that they use in whatever town they visit. You know, it, it really is so, just a, it, it's it's another Davos. It's another uh, one, one of these. Meetings where you know we played Alex Cart bragging about how his software and technology <laughs> using using sorry, AI guys. would. Uh, <laughs> sorry, there's some people uh, talking around you, I guess. But uh, yeah, you know, it's these people who are coming together to talk about how to eliminate privacy on the internet. Uh, about how you know, if you have nothing to worry about, you should have nothing to hide, and all of your financial records and all of your health records and everything about you will be completely open and public access and nothing you'll be able to keep nothing secret but for them it's uh walls and guards and police dogs and total absolute secrecy i mean the watchword of these groups is hypocrisy dan i mean it does get more ridiculous no and we've got the president of the world economic forum who's actually on the steering committee Coming here, this is a man who thinks that you should own nothing and be happy. Right. A president of the of, of the WEF coming here, uh, you know, meeting in secret uh, to discuss the fate of the world, uh, and that's something that uh, I'm not just going to let slip past on my watch. And no, that's this, why we're this here. Is, this is the real global government. Dan Dix is on the ground documenting it. By the way, it's uh, PressForTruth.ca is the website. Ladies and gentlemen, this book. The Great Reset and the War for the World is a historic book that documents the globalists in their own words plan for our future. That is a hellish future. Now, you'll be always, while they still allow books, I guess, they're starting to ban them, be able to get an unsigned copy of The Great Reset and the War for the World at bookstores, Amazon, or InfoWarsTore.com. But you will never be able to get another signed copy of the book after the signed copies we got run out. And there's about a 1,000 left of them right now. So get your copy of The Great Reset and The War for the World, a signed copy at InfoWarsTore.com. And there is a markup there because this is a fundraiser to keep us on the air. So you won't just have this historic memento and this powerful book. You'll also know that you help keep InfoWars on the air. I want to thank those of you that have gotten signed copies of the book or unsigned copies. But I want to encourage all of you who haven't yet to go to InfoWarsTore.com and get a signed copy and buy a couple of unsigned copies and donate them to the library or Give them to the local school. This is an info war. I'm counting on you, and thank you for your support. I'm a humble person, and I want to say that I'm just a man, but I'm not just a man. Just like you, no matter what color you are, whether you're a man or a woman, you were made by the creator of the universe who had a plan for you, who has a destiny for you. That's why the system hates you and fears you, and that's why they hate me. It's because the spirit I carry is one of justice and truth and courage and honor and will and love. My friends, the enemy's coming after me, not because I'm a loser, but because I'm a winner. 
They're coming after you, not because you're a bad person, because you're a good person, because you love God and God loves you. And so I signed up for this. I signed up for this fight. And I'm not a victim. I'm an overcomer. But I can't fight this fight without you. That's why I want you to always remember that I appreciate you and I thank you because InfoWars is your fight. InfoWars is your baby. It's the thing you built. We did this together. So God bless you all. Let's keep fighting. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Dan Dix is my guest, Skyping in live from Lisbon, Portugal, where the Bilderberg meeting is just getting kicked off. Dan Dix is an investigative journalist and the founder of Press for Truth. You can go to pressfortruth.ca. I said it wrong in the first part. It's pressfortruth.ca and on Rumble at Press for Truth. And on Twitter, Dan Dix can be found at Dan Dix PFT. Now, you said that... It, it was only about within the last hour or so, like th- this meeting is just getting kicked off and only in the last hour or so have they actually revealed the list of attendees. Even the fact that they reveal a list of attendees is kind of a new update. They used to, again, keep it totally secret. Uh, what have you discovered from this list of attendees? Have you had a chance to go through it yet and any names jump out to you? Well, you know, as a Canadian, I'm often interested in the Canadian connection to Bilderberg. Um, so I did notice that this year, uh, there is only four members from Canada, um, but uh, one of those in particular is someone who I have a great interest of in uh, in getting a hold of today, which I think she'll be coming out up here, and that is the Deputy Prime Minister of Canada, Christia Freeland. Mm. Now, uh, she's been all sorts of things, you know, Minister of Finance. She, she's kind of worked her way up uh, in this uh, thing, and now she's to the point where she's getting invited to Bilderberg. So I discovered that it was over 10, 10 years ago. She wrote a paper titled um, the, uh, the new, uh, what was it? Uh, the great um, elite, the, the, the new beginning of, for the great elite or something to that extent. And in this paper, she talked about the Bilderberg group and said it is a very secretive, nefarious group. This is over a decade ago now. So when I see her, Coming out of here, I, I want to ask her, you know, you wrote this paper, you said the Bilderberg is a secretive group over a decade ago. Have your views changed now that you are a member yourself, Miss Freeland? And obviously, um, it should be interesting what she has to say to that. This is also the same lady who froze people's bank accounts, who didn't allow people to want to uh, meet in Canada, uh, free assemble in mm-hmm. our nation's capital. And, you know, completely shut that down. Meanwhile, she's expected to be able to freely meet in complete secrecy here uh, discussing the fate of Canadians and, and, and others. Um, so I I can't wait till uh, till she comes out. She's definitely one of the ones I have my eyes on. Yeah, I think I think uh, viewers of our show will recognize her name immediately as a World Economic Forum agent. And again, you know, all these groups, they might have different names. I mean, this is the global government. We've been warning for years that the global government is coming. I would argue it's here now and you're there at the center. It moves around. It doesn't have a capital yet. It may one day once the temple gets rebuilt or whatever. But uh, until then, they jump around to different cities and they come together in Congress. They set 
that policy, and then that policy gets implemented by their their national outlets, I guess you could say. But, I mean, this is, for all intents and purposes, the global government in operation already working. There's the article right there, The Rise of the New Global Elite by Christia Friedland, uh, which I guess was her um, begging for an invitation to that global elite. Now, I want to go quickly to a video because, as you know, from WF, all these things, uh, they're, they're all the same people. Here's the WEF chairman, Klaus Schwab, talking about how – um, unimportant privacy is. Let's watch. He says, in this new world, we must accept transparency. And I'll even say total transparency, he says. Banking secrecy, everything is going to be transparent. And you have to get used to it. You have to behave accordingly. It becomes, how should I put it, integrated in your personality. But if you have nothing to hide, you shouldn't be afraid. Right. That's for you. I mean, when they say you will own nothing and you will have no privacy, they're talking to you, not them. As you've seen, they'll have total privacy. I mean, you know, how do you even confront this level of hypocrisy where they've got armed guards and you just saw um, during the break there, we saw a giant motorcade going by with the blacked out windows. I mean, total secrecy for them, none for us. Doesn't that just represent the whole setup that this new global government is is building for us? Oh, absolutely. And um, when it comes to, you know, confronting these guys, you know, I've, I've learned over the years, there's a lot of different ways that you can approach this. Obviously, anybody gets on the defensive when you walk up to their, you know, with a camera in their face and you start, you know, shouting questions at them. So I obviously have a very uh, much of a different approach. Um, sometimes, you know, if you just kind of flatter their ego a little bit, you know, uh, they, they will be a little a little more inclined to want to speak to you and maybe potentially divulge. Uh, some information that you're trying to figure out. So, you know, I've, I've, I've learned that over the years. So uh, my approach is a little bit, you know, different uh, now. I, I kind of always was taking this approach, but I think that's important is to remain calm um, and uh, to, uh, you know, not, not raise your voice or anything like that. Now, these people, <laughs> you know, d- d- deserve this to a great extent, but, um, but I, I think it's important if you actually want to get a conversation going is, to, uh, is to, to keep the peace and remain calm. And uh, and then you have a you know pretty good chance of getting some responses to your questions that certainly none of the mainstream media is going to ask you know and this is why we're here you just think about it the late great Jim Tucker used to say this all the time if there was 120 movie stars and famous athletes mm-hmm. meeting in this building behind the you know lockdown so many journalists thousands would be outside wondering what the heck are these guys talking about in there here you have. Again, some of the world's most powerful and influential people, and it's a complete media blackout. This is why we take the effort to get down here, because if nobody's going to shine a light on you know, what these guys are doing, I mean, basically somebody has to do it. The mainstream media is absolutely failing in their job to do so. Um, and so, yeah, that's, uh, that's, why we, that's why we're here right now at the airport in Lisbon, attempting to confront these guys, doing the job the mainstream media is not willing to do. You know, it's not even that they're not willing to. I, I totally agree with you, but you know, you go through this list. And I'm going to go through the list because it has been published now, and we have it. Uh, but you know, I know you don't have a lot of time, so I'm not going to spend time reading the names while while we have you on. But I'll do that in the next segment. But when you start going through these, you start seeing staff writer at the Atlantic, editor of Newsweek. You know, you start seeing members of the mainstream media there at the meeting. So it's not like they're just failing to to cover this big story. I mean, they're in on it. That's that's the real story, isn't it? Well, yes. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, a lot of the, uh, the representatives of the, of the media are on the inside 
they operate under something that's called Chatham House rules, where right. they have uh, essentially ag- ag- agreed to just, you know, be tight lipped. There's no minutes of the meetings that are kept or anything of that nature. And um, and again, a complete media lockdown blackout, even though uh, some of the biggest people in, in media are, are, in fact, in here. Um, so, you know, in previous years, I've had the opportunity to confront some of these media moguls. Uh, Matthias Dopner was one of them. Um, he owns, uh, you know, a lot of publications and I managed to confront him about their post-truth world right. agenda topic from, uh, from last year. And, uh, again, yes, you make a good point. <laughs> you know, it says a lot that the media are actually on the inside here and, uh, not even reporting on it, but that's because they've been uh, instructed to do so. I've got a very funny story about meeting some of the mainstream media at the Bilderberg in Austria when I actually infiltrated the group and managed to get on the inside of the hotel during lockdown because they mistake me for a member of the White House press corps. And I found out that the White House press corps was staying in the Bilderberg Hotel, not even knowing what was going on there. They were traveling to Munich to cover the G7. And so when I said, do you not know what's happening in this very hotel where you're staying right now? They had no clue. So that says a lot right there. It absolutely does. And it just seems like just about every Bilderberg, something like that happens. And we rely on people like you getting us this information. It's Dan Dix at Dan Dix PFT on Twitter. The website is pressfortruth.ca, Press for Truth on Rumble. Thank you so much for being with us, sir. And uh, good luck on your mission. Thank you. Uh, stay tuned, guys. Yeah, Ladies and gentlemen, the, the truth, website. the solution is laying right there in front of you, hidden in plain view. Please listen to me in the next 60 seconds. If you go to Wikipedia, it has links to the UN Zone website where they admit the number one cause of cognitive disability in the world is iodine deficiency. The number one preventable cause of intellectual disability is lack of real pure iodine in the body as they bomb us with the bad halogens, bromine, bromide, chlorine, and so much more. Upwards of 2 billion people in a Lancet Medical Journal study in 2007, worldwide have cognitive disabilities because they don't have high-quality iodine. Most iodine is bound to other elements. You don't absorb it. We have X3, all three types of the good iodine together that supercharges your body. X3 is now back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com. It's being sold out for over six months for 25% off. X3, back in stock. Take action now. InfoWarsStore.com. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news. Today. Taking a record of the hearts and minds of the American people, it's the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. All right, welcome back, folks. Obviously, InfoWars has been one of the main outlets exposing what goes on at these secretive globalist confabs such as Bilderberg, the World Economic Forum. Bilderberg is a unique one where for years and years, decades even, they denied its very existence. Then by the heroic and indefatigable coverage by people like Alex Jones, it was exposed. I mean, you can't deny it when you've got independent investigators on the ground photographing and, and filming these people all entering the hotels like obviously something's going on here now originally what they said was well we meet up but it's just like a, you know a little glad handing a little 
uh, is just hanging out, talking about whatever. No, no policy gets set. But then, of course, that also was a lie that was exposed when some of our cameramen found uh, captured footage of one of the very important people going in and, and Rob Dew. I'm not sure if Rob Dew's in yet, but uh, he was the one that captured it and he could tell you who it is exactly. But it was, you know, just one of these globalist masters of the world, the controllers, as Huxley calls them, uh, going into one of these meetings and accidentally sp spilling his briefcase, spilling his suitcase, and it was just full of policy papers. The whole thing was stuffed with papers. So it's like they're like, we're not doing any policy things in here. And then you capture them on film with stacks and stacks of paper for their meetings that they're having. They're obviously setting policy in there. And the other obvious part about it is they go to these meetings, they discuss topics of importance such as censorship and then they all leave and go back to their countries of origin to implement the policy that has been decided on by Bilderberg at the real the real global government that's actually taking place now as of just an hour or two ago the list has been published of attendees to Bilderberg and we'll go through that in just a second but uh real real dedicated info warriors will know that my first appearance on InfoWars years ago was at the Bilderberg meeting in Chantilly. We were there with uh, David Knight and Owen Schroyer and myself, and I, I went as a cameraman. But while we were there, we got a hold of the meetings notes, the the minutes, you know, what they were going to be talking about when, because you know they had different talks with different titles, and the video was called something like you know translating globalist doublespeak. Or something because you could read through the lines and see what they're really talking about, right? They would have a, a headline that was something like countering disinformation, and that's just globalist doublespeak for imposing censorship, right? It was all, it's all – so you can actually see their agenda through their published material even though their published material is deceptive and couched in terms that most people wouldn't see as, as being objectionable. Right, if they're like, "Well, oh, countering disinformation, yeah, we sh they should counter disinformation." Well, if you know what these people are really up to, countering disinformation means censoring reality, censoring the truth, silencing people who expose what we're really up to. Uh, so that that was the the first time I'd ever been on on camera. Actually, I was there to film Owen, and after he did a report, I was like, "You mind if we do a little switch, do a little switcheroo here?" And uh, boy, was I nervous putting my putting my face on camera to talk about this stuff but it's it, it's important to expose this it's important to talk about this it's important to understand just how powerful these groups are and the list of attendees really exposes just how thoroughly integrated this group is with the power structures across the world the list has been posted by jason burmis on twitter Bilderberg 2023 attendee list. Let's just go through and see what names we recognize. Number one is, of course, Stacey Abrams. So, I mean, sure, she's never won anything. She's not actually anybody important. She's failed continuously to either become governor of Georgia or, you know, claim voter fraud and, and manipulated election to scheme her way into that position. It's never worked, but she's still being held up and propped up as a star, and you wonder why this woman is just repulsive on every level. Well, it's because clearly she's willing to do the bidding of the global government. She did win an award for uh, ADA's Most Wanted. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I don't even know what ADA, ADA is. The American so. Dental Association. They're coming <laughs> after that gap in her front teeth. 
Hey, hey now. That's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, so Stacy Abrams and the Gap in Her Teeth are there in uh, Portugal right now, whistling away. Sam Altman is there. He's, of course, the CEO of OpenAI that runs ChatGPT, there to make sure that the manipulation of AI, the introduction of AI is being done in a way that comports to the demands of the global tyrannical unelected government. Uh, even without even looking at the names, just going through where these people are from, you've got USA, Germany, Canada, Spain, USA, Italy, Sweden, USA, Portugal, uh, whatever PRT is. Uh, so again, just from across the world, some of the most powerful people in these countries coming together. You've got Ann Applebaum. She's the sta- staff writer for The Atlantic that you may have heard about on this show before. Uh, moving on, we have uh borla albert borla ceo and chair of pfizer incorporated of course because hey what would global government be without the medical institutions doing their bidding as well you've got as we move down here i mean you can you can read them for yourself and i'm sure some of you will recognize some of the names that uh, i might be missing there's a lot of people to get to uh brian deese is the former director of the national economic council from the usa uh, Jen Easterly is the director of cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency here in America. She's there as well. You've got uh, Christia Friedland. That's the deputy prime minister of Canada, as Dan Dix was just discussing. She, of course, is the, the infiltrator, the agent, the globalist agent inside the Canadian executive. And that's – that's another like really good way to think about this is i mean it is a global government but it operates more like a global mafia because if there's a member of the mafia in your institution you run a company and you find out that one of your managing directors is a member of the mafia you think that they're using their position in the mafia to benefit your company or are they using their position in your company to benefit the mafia where does their loyalty really lie it's not that difficult of a question to come to a conclusion on, and obviously these people are agents of the globalists, agents of the new global government within the national structure, and that's how they implement their policies that they decide on and are, are dictated at these meetings such as Bilderberg. So that's another name that folks will probably recognize from uh, our coverage. Uh, Kenneth Griffin is the founder and CEO of Citadel LLC, again from America. You also have Avril Haines, of course. She's the director of national intelligence, currently involved in secretly restarting the disinformation advisory board, doing it under a different name and with less public scrutiny because it doesn't matter what the public wants. It's what they want. They get what they want, and she, of course, was a primary mover and one of the main directors and managers of the Event 201 uh, system. We played the video of her talking to her Chinese counterpart about how they would cover up any claims of this being a lab-created virus and how they would use the media to dissuade people from thinking that, from coming to that conclusion. And then, of course, shortly after that, she became the director of national intelligence. She is now uh, traitorously engaged in secret international meetings with foreign governments completely outside the supervision or oversight of the duly elected government in this country. Alex Karp, Palantir Technology, played his 
video many times from Davos where he talks about the way in which their technology has secretly and without the permission or knowledge of the people of Europe guided the politics of Europe to be more friendly to the global government. In his words, they single-handedly stopped the rise of the far right in Europe. Everybody has to ask yourselves, is, is this the world that we want? Do we want to live in a world where unelected, unaccountable, technocratic psychopaths get to dictate for an entire continent what their political policy is without the knowledge or permission of the citizens? And then they call that democracy and send you to war to defend it? We'll go back to the uh, list on the other side. The eugenicists over 100 years ago were very public about their plans. They financed major universities. They ran full-page stories and advertisements pushing their propaganda in the New York Times, other major newspapers, that the family as we know it is a bad thing and must be ended. And the first step in that is getting women out of the household and teaching women that cooking dinner and taking care of your sons and daughters and husbands is a bad thing. And I was just sitting here tonight making dinner for my daughter, my four-and-a-half-year-old daughter. My wife makes dinner a lot of times, but I like to make it as well. I love to make breakfast. And literally, it's the funnest thing on earth to make food for your family and be nurturative and then all sit down together and have the communal event. And that's what the system is attacking and bombarding, is our normal biological actions are coming together. They really are sick, evil, scientific cult of filth that want to domesticate us and turn us into lab rats. We cannot let this continue. Please give me one minute of your time. Please write this down and please go look this up. It will change your life. The UN admits and the Lancet Medical Journal admits that upwards of 2 billion people have mental disabilities and declining cognitive abilities. The term they use is intellectual disability because of lack of iodine. Most iodine in the environment is bound to other elements so your body can't absorb it. Only pure iodine can really be absorbed right into the cells. And InfoWarsStore.com has the only iodine out there that actually has this type of full effect. Ladies and gentlemen, X3's been sold out for six months. It's very hard to produce, and it's finally back in stock. In fact, I was just taking some before I shot this ad. This, ladies and gentlemen, is powerful. You and your family need it. It's 25% off back in stock. X3, try iodine exclusively at InfoWarsStore.com. Take action now, but regardless, research this info.